Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. We said we'd do things slightly differently and um, so... Uh, we've been reading through Colossians for the last um, kind of year and a bit, and uh, we're coming towards the end of Colossians. There's a few more preaches, um, but they're all um, a bit upside down at the moment because everybody who was supposed to preach seems to have uh, caught COVID at one point or another in the last few weeks, and so the whole kind of order's gone upside down. And one of the things that we wanted to do at the end um, is follow the instruction of what Paul actually says. So at the end of Colossians, he says... I want you to read this to the church. And so actually, today, we're going to have various people reading to you um, the book of Colossians. And the idea of that is not that actually um, we just get out of doing a preach, but actually because we believe God speaks in a different way when we read an entire letter in one go. And um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just read to you a kind of an introduction to Colossians, and, uh, and then we've got some different speakers who are going to come and speak. So while Paul was in prison in Rome, awaiting his up-and-coming trial before Caesar, one of the letters he wrote was to the gathering of believers in the city of Colossae. Paul had never met them, but they knew who he was, and uh, they respected his leadership. Paul had worked with a man named Epaphras when he was in Ephesus. Now, Epaphras was originally from Colossae, about 100 miles to the east. And Paul sent him to bring the good news about Jesus to his city and to two other nearby cities, Laodicea and Hierapolis. Epaphras um, was later arrested and brought to Rome as a prisoner himself. And Paul learned from him what was happening in those cities. So the Colossians were mainly Gentiles, that's non-Jews, But like the Galatians, they were being pressured to follow the Jewish law and were adding extra rules and false teachings to the faith. Some of them were priding themselves on not having visions, sorry, on having visions and getting secret spiritual knowledge. So Paul wrote them a letter to say, when you've got Jesus the Messiah, you've got it all. Paul emphasizes that all these things in heaven and earth were created by the Son and were reconciled by God, uh, by the Son's death on the cross. Christ possesses the fullness of God's being. Since the Colossians have been brought into their new kingdom of light, they can live their faith to the fullest. They are to put on their new self, awaiting the time the Messiah will openly appear, revealing all of his glory. So hopefully that gives you a bit of a background as to why the letter's being written. So... Um, number one reader and who's number two somebody's got number two we're going to have number one and two please I Paul have been sent on special assignment by Christ as part of God's master plan together with my friend Timothy I greet the Christians and stalwart followers of Christ who live in Colossae may everything good from God our father be yours Our prayers for you are always spilling over into thanksgivings. We can't quit thanking God our Father and Jesus our Messiah for you. We keep getting reports on your steady faith in Christ, our Jesus, and the love you continuously extend to all Christians. 
the lines of purpose and love lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven kept taut by hope it's the same all over the world the message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger just as it has in you from the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what god is doing you've been hungry for more it's as vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate epaphras he is one reliable worker for christ I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love had been worked into your lives by the Spirit. Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so acquire a thorough understanding of the way in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the Master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory God's but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who made us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the son he loves so much, the son who got us out of the pit we were in, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. Uh, chapter 15. We look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at his son and we see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and, f and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. You yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. But now, by giving yourself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in his presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust, constantly tuned into the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. There is no other message, just this one. Every creature under heaven gets this same message. I, Paul, am a messenger of this message. I want you to know how glad I am that it's me sitting here in this jail and not you. There's a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world, the kind of suffering Christ takes on. I welcome the chance to take my share in the church's part of that suffering. When I became a servant in this church, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift, God's way of helping me serve you, laying out the whole truth. This mystery had been kept in the dark for a long time, 
but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery, in a nutshell, is this. Christ is in you, therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. Okay, well, we're going to carry on because we haven't planned this in terms of the songs and the reading. It's not planned together. We didn't tell Matt what we were doing specifically. So Matt's picked these songs himself. And it's interesting, it's the same spirit that speaks to us and speaks to the worship leader, which is good news. And so that song really leads into our next reading. So whoever's got number three, if you'd like to come up. And actually it's really helpful because it's all about what Christ has done for us. I want you to realise that I continue to work as hard as I know how for you, and also for the Christians over at Laodicea. Not many of you have met me face to face, but that doesn't make any difference. Know that I'm on your side, right alongside you. You're not in this alone. I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. I'm telling you this because I I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase after other so-called mysteries or the secret. I'm a long way off, true. And you may never lay eyes on me, but believe me, I'm on your side, right beside you. I'm delighted to hear of the careful and orderly ways you conduct your affairs. And I'm impressed with the solid substance of your faith in Christ. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus, the Master. Now live in him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now, do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. Let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Watch out for the people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him. So you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ. 
and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. So Marion's going to read number four for us. Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, you're already in. Insiders, not through some secretive initiation rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. If it's an initiation ritual you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection, God raising you from the dead, just as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it, all sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, that old arrest warrant cancelled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet, worship services, or holy days. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. <laughs> Don't want to go beyond that, sorry. <sighs> Don't tolerate people who try to run your life, ordering you to bow and scrape, insisting that you join their obsession with angels and that you seek out visions. There are a lot of hot air, that's all they are. They're completely out of touch with the source of life, Christ, who puts us together in one piece, whose very breath and blood flow through us. He is the head and we are the body. That's powerful, isn't it? Sorry. I don't know if it's powerful to anybody else, but it's to me. We can grow up healthy in God only as he nourishes us. So then, if with Christ you've put all that pretentious and infantile religion behind you, why do you let yourselves be bullied by it? Don't touch this, don't taste that, don't go near this. Do you think things that are here today and gone tomorrow are worth that kind of attention? Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice. But they only give the illusion of being pious and humble and aesthetic. They're just another way of showing off, making yourselves look important. That is really powerful, isn't it? And um, so, yeah, we just want to, we want to carry on engaging with the word. And, and there's power in the word itself. You know, it doesn't need explaining because um, God speaks through it. So, Matt, thank you. Well, there's something about the red word of God. And in the Old Testament, of course, they were encouraged to read the scriptures 
And they would stand up for the reading of the scriptures. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do that, because we'd get, after first one, you'd all sit down, wouldn't you? So, we're not going to do that, but we're going to carry on. And so, who's got the next? Harriet is going to come and just share. And let's just allow the word of God to penetrate our hearts as it's read. Just as Marion said, it's so powerful when it's read like this. So let's just allow that just to penetrate our hearts. So if you're serious about living in the new resurrection life of Christ, act like it. Pursue things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going on around in Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead and your new life is your real life. Even though invisible to spectators is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too, the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, to be content with obscurity like Christ and the means, and that means killing of everything connected with the way of death. Secure, sexually, prosperity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you like, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's the life shaped by things and feelings instead of God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It was long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure they're gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life, and it's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes. You've stripped them off and put them in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe and everything in your new way of life is custom made by your creator. With his label on it, all the old fashioned are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, insider and outsider, uncivilised and uncouth, slave and free mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ and everyone is included in Christ. Well done. That was completely sprung on you and uh, and, uh, you did really well. Reading six. Hey, Zara. Um, And uh, I just love the way Harriet's reading that, and actually it just talks of your old life and your new life, which we've seen really demonstrated in you, and uh, it's just such a blessing to see. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, 
dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of whatever else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the Master. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master no end. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or crush their spirits. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being Christ doesn't cover up bad work. Thank you. And then I've got one last reading, which is Paul, who... um, looked at the length of the straws and chose the short one on purpose. Thank you. Okay. There are some quite big words in here, so you'll just have to kind of fluff over them. Right. And masters, treat your servants considerably. Be fair with them. Don't forget for a minute that you, too, serve a master, God in heaven. Pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Don't forget to pray for us. The God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ, even while I'm locked up in this jail. Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day to them. Use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others as a conversation, not, not put them down, not cut them out. My good friend, Tivius, will tell you about me. He's a trusted minister and companion in the service of the master. As I've sent him to you so that you would know how things are with us and so he could encourage you in your faith. And I've sent one of us with him. One of us is one of you and he has become such a trusted and dear brother. Together, they'll bring you up to date on everything that has been going on here. 
Astitius, who is in jail here with me, sends greetings. Thank you. I love you, Peter. Uh, where are we? No, no. No. Also, Mark, shush. Mark, cousins of Barnabas, you'll re- you received a letter regarding him if he shows up. Welcome him. And also Jesus and the one they call just. These are the only ones left from the old crowd who have struck with who have stuck with me in working for God's kingdom. Don't think they haven't been a big help. Eparis, who who is one of you, says hello. What a trooper he's been. He's been tireless in his prayers for you, praying that you'll stand firm, mature and confident in everything God wants you to do. I've watched him closely and can report on how hard he has worked for you and for those in Laodicea and that other place. Look, good friend and physician, and Demis, both send greetings. Say hello to our friends in Laodicea. Also to the, oh, you've got to be, Niv and the church that meets in her, in her house. After this letter has been read to you, <laughs> make sure it gets read also in Laodicea and get the letter that you want that went to Laodicea and have read it to you. And, oh yes, tell Archibius, do, you, do, do your best in, in your job you receive from the master. Do your very best. I'm signing off in my own handwriting, Paul. Remember to pray for me in this jail. Grace be with you. Some bits of the word um, can be funny and uh, they can be a bit more challenging than others. And some bits of that last section were quite challenging and some were quite funny. There's um, so much in in those passages, it's a bit overwhelming, isn't it? Uh, But for me, one thing that um, I think the Lord lit up uh, when I heard it in Marion's reading, it says um, that Jesus destroyed the power of sin. And that's... For me, it's, it's, it, I think the Lord's highlighted that for me. The writer didn't put, he defeated, that's, that's, that's true. He didn't put, he beat. He didn't put, he squeezed past the power of sin. He didn't say, he just, just managed to sort of win. No, he says destroy. It's the power of Jesus. We, we can easily see him as being, well, he was mild, yeah. yeah he, he, he could be mild, he could be... Um, that sort of that sort of person, but there was power there, and it's it's um, it's the thing we need to remember. All the power, um, the fullness of the deity dwelt in him. The power of Jesus, he destroyed the power of sin. Absolutely. Um, I was sat at the back thinking that yeah, people say stuff about you that you believe, and that you think about yourself, but you can also believe things about yourself and put yourself in a box because of that. And when you're in a box, you can't see anything else except what's there. And if you could just take the lid off, then God can sit in the box with you and he'll doodle all around the box and change what you're seeing until you can get out of the box. Um, I've just had the the words expectation in my head all morning, and um, yeah, a couple of 
things. Um, Dave encouraged us at the Spiritual Gifts Workshop a week or so ago um, to come on a Sunday morning with expectation, expecting um, to meet with God and expecting to, to have something to share. And, um, and also, I was just thinking this morning, I, this wasn't what I expected and how it, how it was this morning, and that's, that's fine. It's been great. Um, but I think God wants to speak to people a bit more about... Um, your life maybe hasn't been how you expected it to be. Um, maybe over the last couple of years, in the obvious way with COVID and that um, being strange and weird and hard, but maybe more than that, maybe your life hasn't turned out how you'd expected it to be when you were younger. Maybe things have gone wrong, things have been hard, and that's very difficult. Um, and changing our, our hearts to to work that out when life's messy is difficult and just feel that God wants to come alongside people this morning um, who are feeling that that life isn't what I hoped it would be or what I expected it to be and you're coming to terms with that and yeah I think there's plenty of people here who would stand with you in that and yeah if you want to be prayed for in that then we'd love to come and stand alongside you and be with you and yeah help Um, because life isn't always what we expect, but we have a God who's in charge who we can look to for strength in all of that. He's our hope. Great. Thank you, Keith. Just um, um, where our time is about gone, and so can we just stand together? I'm going to pray. Just right at the start, I brought that word about if you feel stuck, you've been stuck, and I think all those things are places where you can get stuck. If you're stuck in sin, and you don't know the power of sin has been fully broken, maybe an area of your life, and you're just stuck, and you need God to come, and you need to know that freeing power, or you've, someone else or yourself has put you in a box, as Zara just mentioned there about that whole thing. If you feel like you're in a box, you're stuck. You need to get out of that, and God wants to free you from that, or as Keith has just said, whether your life is not as you expected it. And you're, maybe you're disappointed with that. Maybe you've struggled at that point where life is just not what I expected. This is not how I expected my life to be. This is not what I prayed for, not what I hoped for, not what I thought the, the journey even God had me on. Um, God just wants to come and meet you. And if that's you, any of those this morning, I just want you just to put your hand up where you are. This is just acknowledging before God. And just you acknowledge that, God, I just need your help right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. God's going to come and meet with you. We can stand with one another and we're going to do that. There's opportunity for that afterwards as well. But actually, it's just even the acknowledgement before God. This is where I'm at. I need help. So, Lord, I pray now for any with their hand up right now. God, I pray, would you just come to them? Would you meet with them right now? Holy Spirit, thank you for your word of truth. Thank you, it's the word that sets us free. Thank you, God, that you come. Your word of truth comes and it sets our hearts free. Sets us free in our lives. Lord, I pray for that right now. Would you come to everyone who just acknowledging where they're at right now? Would you meet with them? Father, I pray, would you begin that work within them, Lord, to bring them out of that stuck place, that difficult place, Lord. I pray, God, your grace will be extended on you, pour out your love over them. Lord, I pray you'll come and bring your freedom and joy into their lives. Lord, I pray now, Holy Spirit, would you come and just break open that very thing that's locked them up, I pray, for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.